Psalms 105 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. That's what we're doing this morning. Amen? Amen. Testifying, standing up, testifying, giving him glory. It said, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. That's what we have to do. We have to make known his deeds. We have to let people know. We have to testify. We have to let everyone know what God has done for us in our lives. We have to, we have to open our mouths and let it come forth. We have to call upon his name and make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. That's where testimonies come about, I believe. Glory in his name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders in the judgments of his mouth. That's what we have to testify about this morning. I want Tom, I want brother... John, you take this mic. Is this one working? You take it out to the people. I want to hear some testimonies of what the Lord done for them. You pick them out, any one of them. I want to hear what God done for them. What did God do for you this morning, Brother Tom? He um, delivered me from alcohol. Praise God. Blessed me with the job, blessed me with the family, blessed me with all you... People in a congregation here that I could turn to any one of you and talk to each one of you individuals, and it's, you, I could just get the I could just get lifted up just by listening to you guys because it's we've all been down and out, but God is there for us, each and every one of us, and saved us. And that's all, like you said, so all we got to do is just keep telling people what has happened to us. That's the only way they're going to know is if you tell them. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I just give the Lord all the praise today for my salvation and for almost, um, it's almost six years to be in March 10th. Uh, but he delivered me from alcohol, gambling, and smoking. I'm so thankful for that. And I'm just thankful for saved husband now and that um, he's, I know he's with us and keeps his hand upon us with our financial needs. And I just give him all the praise. He, we went and we bought an almost new car, but you know, we needed one. And now that's, it's taking care of our finances and providing for us, you know, for our needs. And I'm just thankful for that. And I just love the Lord today. Amen. Everybody's stiffening up when he goes by. What are you scared of? You got Jesus or not? I'm thankful today for my salvation. Um, when I first got saved, it was just me and Clay. And my, I was living at home with my dad. And he gave me a direction in my life, um, gave me a big family, changed my heart from hatred to joy, um, and he's blessed my life ever since. He's taken care of every need that I've ever had. Um, this Thanksgiving, he, um, we were able to get my grandma to come up and have Thanksgiving with us, and that was a blessing because she's been sick a lot the last year, and 
but she was like the way she used to be when we used to go to her house when we were kids for Thanksgiving. And I'm just grateful for that. And he saved my mom, deal, still dealing with her, and I'm thankful for all the blessings. And most of all, I'm, I'm just thankful for having a second chance at life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just give God all the praise and the glory today, and I'm very thankful for my salvation and for what God drew us out of. We was in bondage with alcohol, drugs. I was in bondage with gambling, and I got delivered from cigarettes. I just give God all the praise and the glory for everything that he's doing in our lives and what he's going to continue to do in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank God for delivering me out of bondage, for bringing me here to this church and setting me free. Thanks for my wife and children. He's given me a family that, uh, you know, every time something happens in our lives, you know, my wife can, can uh, tell me that, you know, she's behind me with, with everything that we do. I just thank God that, you know, she was saved when I met her. After I met her, we got married and she became saved and that, that brought me in. If it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd be at today. I probably probably would be dead by now, but I just thank God for that. He's He's kept his hands on us. Uh, just recently, we went through some things, and it made us look to the Lord even more. It made us, you know, before we would never done the things that we did. We would never got out of that bondage that we were in. We were working at a place that we shouldn't have been working at, but we were there because of the money. The, you know, it, it paid our 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 ways in our our payments for our house and stuff like that. But things happen. Something happened where it got us out of there. And boy, I tell you, it's like being lifted. You know, shoulders were straightened up, and you know, we just were out of bondage to that place. And you know, we're just happy. God's moving in our life uh, on Saturday. We were kind of wondering, well, what are we going to do for Christmas and stuff like this, but. Um, I wanted a trip to see the doctor in October, and uh, I had to pay for my way down there, pay for my expenses down there, and it costs money to go down to Billings and take care of that. And on Saturday, um, I got a reimbursement check. So that kind of, we're going to set that aside for Christmas, so that helps. And we just thank God that, you know, he's moving in our lives, and, you know, I'm not going to worry about what direction I'm going to go in because he's going to choose that direction for me, and he's going to choose it for my wife and my children. So I give him a pleasure. I give him all the glory and honor for that. Praise the Lord. I just want to thank the Lord for the new life he's given me, the new person he's made me in him because he delivered me from alcohol and tobacco. He's given me some wonderful children and grandchildren. He's really blessed my life since I've served him. And not because we deserve it, but but because of his grace and the work he did on the cross. Because of his blood, we can stand here and worship, go directly to Father God through Jesus. And I'm glad today I'm able to see four of my blood, blood relatives here, my sister and a nephew and a niece and another a great nephew. Well, Indian way, he's my grandson. I'm able to come to church and I pray for them always. 
and I know what a bondage alcohol is, and I keep praying that one of these days it's going to be broken, and soon, because Jesus is coming soon. And they know I love them, and I care for them, and I want them to spend eternity with me, in, with Jesus. So I just thank and praise the Lord for his goodness and mercy. Amen. Praise God. I'll just read a scripture um, the Lord gave me. And it describes exactly what he did for me. In Psalms 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Um, I'm just thankful to be saved. Thankful for what he's doing in my life. Um, for my new child that he blessed me with. Um, a lot of circumstances that <clears throat> I was on the fast road to hell and I'm saved from that and I have a lot to be thankful for and I praise him and I thank him for all he's doing in my life. Amen. Praise God. I did that for an example of what the Lord really wants you to do. How many had a good Thanksgiving, ate a lot of turkey? Amen. <clears throat> I seen seen uh, people boasting on a on a CNN channel yesterday. I think it was Andy and I was watching. They said there was a uh, hundred people got together in New York. I think it was, and they fed they fed two hundred and fifty people, and they were on national news. And I'm not saying this because I had anything to do with this, but you people got together, handful of you, and fed about 350 people yesterday, or Thanksgiving Day. <clears throat> and I think you ought to give yourself a clap offering and uh, congratulations on yourselves. I mean, we don't go the, go boasting around Wolf Point or we don't put it in the Otani or anything like that, but the Lord keeps track of what's going on. And I just want you to know as a pastor that you you're making a... You're affecting people. You're touching people's lives by helping them to have something to eat even because God commands us to do that. So if a hundred people can feed 250 in New York and a handful over here can feed 350, I think you've made an impact. And I'd like to thank uh, Sister Cindy this morning for all this beautiful decoration. <clears throat> She took it upon herself and done all this beautiful stuff here. It's a Christmas season, as you know. We got our snow today, and I hope we get two or three feet, maybe, before Christmas. Because that'll make the flowers bloom next spring. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. It's wonderful, because God planned it that way, so we have all seasons. So rejoice in all seasons is what the Lord wants us to do. And, and I'm thanking God today. Now you can turn your turkey necks around and look up here. <laughs> it says, how will they know unless we tell them? Amen? That's what it comes down to. If I ask everybody in here, would you like to have your family saved? 
your children saved, your grandma saved, everybody saved. Most of you, I hope, would answer yes. I would like to see them saved. I'd like to see their hearts and lives change. I'd like to see them go to heaven. Then my question for you this morning is, how do you expect them to get that way? Unless you tell them. And that's what the Lord laid on my heart this morning. To witness. To never quit witnessing. For what the Lord has done for you, Because each one of you in this room has different testimonies. And that's why you were allowed to preach and testify. We open the pulpit. We encourage you to go out. We teach you to testify. We teach you to preach the gospel. Simply so somebody can get saved. Let all the world know of God's marvelous works. Let all the world know what he's done for you in your life. If he's healed you, if he's delivered you from this kind of a bondage or that kind of a bondage. People need to hear your testimony. They can't live on one testimony. My testimony can't touch everybody but yours and mine and theirs and somebody else's. Somebody needs to hear your testimony someplace. Because they're in the same shape, they're in the same condition you was in. But if you allow the devil to trap your mouth closed, nobody will ever hear about the thing that God has done for you. If you don't go to the jails, if you don't go to the detention centers, if you don't go to the hospitals, the old folks' homes, if you don't go to your families, if you don't have church, if you don't get up and testify in front of everybody here, nobody's going to know what had happened to you. And how can you bring glory into... unto Jesus in your life if unless you tell them about it. And that's what it, that's what it's all about. That's how simple it is. And if all you people sitting in front of me this morning would all do that to somebody every day, uh, challenge yourself every week to tell somebody about this marvelous Savior that we have called Jesus Christ. He's the Son of the living God. We're about to celebrate His birthday all over the world this Christmas. We're about to magnify and lift Him up, put Santa Claus down here and put Jesus Christ back where He's supposed to be. We're supposed to magnify Him. But how can you magnify Him? How can you testify if you can't even testify it in here amongst your own brothers and sisters if you don't have a testimony I encourage you to come up here and get born again get saved let God come and deal in your heart and life he'll come into your heart and life and he'll deal with you and you'll have a genuine experience that you can testify to somebody about you'll have your own testimony you'll have your own experience that you can testify about and you won't have to live on your wife's or somebody else's testimony. You won't have to wonder if he's real because you'll know that he is. And I'm thanking God today, this very day for my testimony. 22 years ago, I was lost and undone. Wandering through the world. And I've been testifying it over and over. Should never quit testifying of what the Lord had done for you. Somebody should get tired of hearing it. Huh? Everybody in here should know my testimony. Everybody in here should know your testimony. They should know you. Not wonder wonder what the Lord really did for that person across from me over here. Everybody in town. Everybody in your church. Everybody in, in your whole family. Everybody should know your testimony. What had the Lord really done for that person? And 22 years ago, in case you didn't know, I was lost and undone, wandering through this world in sin and, and no place to even live. And the Lord 
sent somebody by to tell me about Jesus Christ as Lord, that he is Lord and Savior, and that he could heal me and set me free, deliver me from all the bondage, that he could give me a new way of life and give me hope. Because by then, we didn't have no place to live. We didn't have no place to go. We wandered from city to city looking for something in this world. And all the time he was there. And he came down and touched my life and lifted me and Sandy out of the marbury clay. And he gave us a new life. He delivered and set me free. I was demon possessed. I was demon possessed. I was so evil and wicked, I could not control myself. And one drink of alcohol would set me off. Or sometimes it wouldn't even take alcohol. I would flip. That's what's wrong with a lot of people running through these places. The devil is controlling their life. and I need to testify that I was demon-possessed before. But Sister Sandy took prayer cloths sent by a man of God and said, take these home with you and put them in his pillow. You don't even need to tell him about it. And she took prayer cloths and she brought it home to her demon-possessed husband. She was already seeking God. They were already telling her the way. Secretly behind my back, I might add. <laughs> and they brought home prayer cloths and put them in my, Kenny's pillow. And I can't sleep without a pillow. I don't know about you. I gotta have a pillow. I don't care if it's a rolled up sock. But I gotta have a pillow under my head when I sleep. And she put that prayer cloth in my pillow. And she said, I laid there and watched you. I knew that the devil was real, she said. You tossed and you turned and you moved and you groaned and, and finally you sat up and you threw that pillow way across the bottom of the bed away from you. You couldn't stand it no more. She said, I knew the devil was real. But it wasn't long after that, Jesus Christ revealed himself to me in the middle of Montana. The Holy Spirit came to me and revealed to me that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And over many experiences, I called on him. I cried out to him. I repented of my sins. And like I tell you many times, every time the Rex Humbarg would come on every Sunday, I would watch him. I would say the sinner's prayer with him again. I wanted to make sure that Jesus was my Lord and Savior because I was so unsure of myself. I was so far away from God, lost and undone, that I, could, I didn't think anybody could ever save me. I didn't think that I ever could have another chance, but God's love kept revealing him. He kept revealing himself to me through his love. He kept touching me by his spirit. He kept drawing me to himself. He kept revealing to me that he loved me. And I kept calling on him until that day that he came into my heart and life. Until that day I had an experience in my living room when the Holy Spirit of God came down on me and delivered me and set me free. And I've never ever been the same since. That's what the Lord had done for me. You're all miracles sitting here because you know the testimony of how God called us and started a house meeting. But four people just saved us and we start testifying. 
First thing we did was start testifying. Go behind the elevators. Go to the ghettos. Go to the people. Go to your old friends that you drank with and did drugs with. Go and tell them. Go and tell them that Jesus is Lord and Savior. We testified and we testified and we convinced them. And God started drawing many others. And God started saving and delivering people of every kind. And God started working miracle after miracle after miracle. And He's not finished. You're a miracle. It's never changed. I still give him praise and glory and honor for touching my life, but he's not finished. What do you think Paul did? If you ever read the book of Acts, read Acts 23 or 26. After Paul's conversion, he had the same word right here. God revealed himself to him on a Damascus highway. He was a high religious leader. He was a member of the Sanhedrin court. He was high society. He was religious. He loved God. But yet he went about killing Christians. Thinking that he was doing God justice. And God revealed himself to Saul on a Damascus highway. The sun shined brighter than all the, the, the Spirit of God shined brighter than all the sun. He spoke to him. He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Hard for me to deal with you is what he's saying. You're working against me. And he said, who is it, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. That's Jesus you're killing over there when you stone Stephen and them. And he gave Paul an experience. And what did old Paul do? First thing he did is he went back and he testified that this Jesus that you killed is both Lord and Savior. He testified about himself, what he did. He was talking to King Agrippa. They brought him before him to, to, to blame him and accuse him. He said, I myself am a Pharisee of the sect of the strictest kind of religion. That's what I was, he said. But I met Jesus Christ and he changed me. I used to kill those Christians, but he changed me. And he testifies over and over. But at the end, in the 28th verse says, Then King Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. The king. Paul went back and testified of what the Lord had done for him. Paul went back to the people that knew him. The people that he served with. The people that he went to his religious synagogue with. He went back and told him, you know a lot of people need to be delivered today from religion? Huh? Everybody believes in God. They went to some kind of church. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not born again, you're just the same as King Agrippa or the rest of them. You're just the same as Paul was before. A very religious member of the Pharisees of the strictest sect, he said. Kept the law, knew all the law, but he didn't know Jesus. People need to be delivered from religion on this reservation. Some of you need to be delivered from religion. 
Just knowing about God is not good enough. Just coming into the building is not good enough. God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. When you're walking down the street, he's with you. Then you'll be able to testify. Then you'll be able to give notice to the devil and all that hear you that Jesus Christ is Lord. You got but if you don't have it, how can you testify of it? Paul had to be converted. He had to have an experience. And so do we. You're going to have to press through until you meet Jesus Christ. You have to be convincing. Paul almost convinced King Agrippa to be a Christian after he heard his testimony. After he seen what this Saul, this Christian killer, was delivered from. After he heard his experience about how real Jesus Christ was. He said, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. And Paul said... I would to God that not only thou, but all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds, he said. I wished everybody would be saved. From the day I got saved, from the day I had an experience with God 22 years ago, all I've been trying to do is convince somebody that Jesus Christ is real. That they can be delivered and set free from alcohol and drugs and prejudice and religion and all these kind of things. And every demon-possessed person on this reservation can be set free from it. That's what's going on with people today. There's legions and legions of devils going back and forth across this reservation, hindering people, messing with their minds, possessing them. Some of them are bothering you this morning. He wants you back to serve him, to take you back to what you used to be. He would love to have you back in drugs and alcohol and lust and everything else. He would love to have you working for him again. And if you don't get busy with God, you're going to be serving him again. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's what it comes down to. And Jesus Christ came to give us life and more abundant life. And if you want him to devour your families, sit there and do nothing. Don't talk about Jesus. Be quiet. Be afraid of your children. Be afraid of your relatives. Be afraid of all these religious leaders around here. Be afraid of your traditional teachers around here. Don't say nothing. Just sit there and be quiet. If you want your families to go to hell, don't say nothing. That's what it comes down to. But if you know that you know that Jesus Christ is really Lord, if you've really been genuine, saved, and set free, don't let the devil ever stop up your mouth. Don't ever quit testifying of what he's done for you. Not in this church, not ever. Irvin continuously comes up here, and I see people, oh, here we go again. Here comes Cindy. The same ones testify. Well, why is that? Why is the same ones testifying? I just thank God. Keep testifying, brothers. Keep keep telling. If they want to sit back and sit on their hands and do nothing, you be the ones that testify. I'm going to keep testifying for Jesus. I'm going to keep telling them one time ain't good enough. Two times ain't good enough. One year ain't good enough. 22 years later, I'm still testifying. Albert Snell testifying. 25, 27 years later, he was still talking about how the Lord had touched him in some tent someplace and delivered him and set him free from breathing like an old. He had asthma in his lungs. He was dying from smoking and 
doing all these things all those years. He said, I could walk four or five steps and just, and just about keel over. He said, I was coming down the hill by Glasgow one time from Harlem. And right down that hill, when you come down that hill from Glasgow, I looked, there was a tent. He said, I pulled in there. When I was in the war in World War II, he said, I made a, a promise to God is what he said. He said, God, he said, I cried out, bullets flying everywhere. He said, God, if you bring me through this, I'll serve you, he said. How many know we do that when we're in trouble? But God heard him. And he had a, he had a vision overseas in the war. He said, I seen myself walking through all these headstones, through the cemetery. I was going through, he said. And all of a sudden, I looked back. And I made it through. God was showing him that he would make, he was going to make it through the war. He made it through the war and he came back to Fort Belknap. Forgot about God and his promise. Start boozing, start doing everything that he used to do. Pretty soon he got asthma. He said, I used to, I was breathing like a winded horse. I couldn't get no air. I breathe hard. And he said, I went to the medicine man. I took him two bottles and $20 and went to him. He said, it went away. And pretty soon something else happened to him. All the devil can do is move it. He can't cast it out. He moved it over here. He said, I was coming down to Glasgow and it came back on me again. I seen this tent. I pulled in there. I drove down into there. Parked. I went in and I slipped into the tent and I was sitting in the back row, he said. Here was this evangelist, he said. I don't even know who he was. He was preaching. Back and forth in front. And he said, they walked back all the way back to the... And he said, God's going to touch you, he said. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, God's going to touch your life. And he said, as soon as he said that, he said, hot went through me. And he said, all of a sudden, my lungs bursted open. I started breathing. 26 years later, he's still telling me about it. He's the one that came to Wolf Point to tell the marvelous works of Jesus Christ that you people in Wolf Point could be saved and set free. He said, take these prayer cloths home. He signed, he gave them to Kenny, put them under his pillow. He believed God, he got me delivered and set free. Now I'm telling you here today that Jesus Christ is still alive today. Still moving. Come on, believe it. Get off your religious. Ooh. Rigor mortis. That's a word. That's a spiritual rigor mortis that's set in your life where you, can, you just crack when you hear, oh Lord, get, get the Holy Ghost in your life. Let him lubricate you back and testify of his goodness because it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But how will they ever hear unless you tell them? You got no excuse. None of you sitting in this church. None of you. Not packing, not Carolyn. Carol. Irvin. Nobody. Look at Everett came up here and he started quoting scripture. As soon as I stuck that mic in his face, he knows that the Lord had went to prepare a place for me. He started testifying. Testifying. He prays at the home all the time. He encourages Ardell when she's down. Out of his wheelchair. Because he had experienced long, long time ago. He's still testifying of his goodness. How are we ever going to let them know? Huh? Unless we speak it. And if you don't have nothing to speak, you hit this altar this morning. Get it back. If you've done lost your testimony a long time ago because you was backslidden. Huh? You don't have to be drunk in the world to backslide. 
You don't have to be down in the bar staggering around to be backslidden. You'll be sitting right here this morning with your mouth shut. You're backing up. Standing still is just the same. It's doing nothing. Huh? If you did that in the world, you stood around on your job, you'd be fired. Your boss would take you aside and say, what's the matter with you? I'm paying you pretty good money. You don't want to work? Watchy. I'm bashful. Not good enough. You got to put out. Watchy. I'm scared of him. Not good enough. You got to put out. I want you to know Jesus paid a price for your, for your lives. You're bought with a price. If you're bashful, get over it. Huh? Whatever your problem is, get over it. Break through. Get over it. The Lord leaves you. He's counting on you. Counting on all of us. This brother here comes up from Miles City, checking us out this morning. I hope he leaves this church. Who are them people over there? I don't know what he's going to say in Miles City, but I, I hope he says there's some people over there that care about other people. There's people over there that have been delivered and set free from bondages of all kinds. If I, if you would just let your testimonies come out, he could hear the good news, but more you guys want to sit around. Testimony time. Waiting for somebody else, brother, fight. Get out of the way. Should be your attitude. Let me testify. Let me tell them about what the Lord had done for me. We're to be witnesses. Amen? I'm never going to let you rest as long as you come to this church. You just want to get used to it. Your tail is going to be stepped on all the way through because that's my job. You want to be comfortable, go down there where they, you know, you don't have to do nothing. You don't, they don't, I was telling here this morning, this church down the road, they don't even have church on Sundays no more. What do they do? They have it on Saturday so we can get out of the way. They can go fishing on Sunday now. I said, that was pretty sad. Pretty sad. But that could happen anywhere, I think, if we're allowed to. And you can go to find some church, some place that will fit your little agenda, if you want to. Some of them, remember a couple of years ago, Pastor Wonderful on the Hill put out on his bulletin, Pastor's brand new batch is all done. He's making wine. I ain't lying. lying. You heard it. You've seen it. And then we're going to invite you all after the service to come up and have a little taste of it. Could you imagine me doing that? (laughs) I just got done with my batch here, Brother Dooney. (laughs) After church, you and me will have a couple snorts. My goodness, if I gave all of you a couple snorts. I wouldn't see you till next July. <laughs> what kind of is a what kind of a compromise? What kind of that's a, isn't that a nice, comfortable place to be? Yeah, go out and have a come up and taste mine, and after you get you started, you guys would be fighting from one end of this church. <laughs> Everything anybody ever said to you or looked at you wrong or 
you know, borrowed a wrench from you one time, never brought it back, you'll hit him with it. <laughs> Everything will come out of you. Because you know how that used to be? Never say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. No, I can't say nothing. No, I ain't going to say nothing. One drink, you said everything. <laughs> fought everybody, fought the cops, fought everybody, told your wife like it is. <laughs> All this courage came out of you. <laughs> huh? That's the world. We want to live on the Lord's courage now. We want to live on His strength. We want to testify of His goodness. The devil don't want us to. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Tell somebody about Jesus. Especially now, this season. Oh, traditional brother, I didn't know you, was, you believed in Jesus. They're all celebrating Christmas. Huh? Go down to Walmart. After reservations down there, buying stuff for Christmas. I didn't know you believed in Jesus. Jesus? Well, I, well you're celebrating his birthday. Oh, it's a good time to witness. You get them on the spot, huh? Well, uh, that's for my kids. Well, that's nice that you teach your kids about Jesus. Keep going. You understand where I'm at? Let's use this for the Lord. Praise God. But let's get back to testifying of his goodness. How simple it is, people. Right here. But you have to let somebody know what the Lord has done for you. Don't wait on somebody else. Let the people know what he's done for you. Start with your families. Start with your old friends. Start someplace. Amen? How will they hear unless you tell them? It's written up there. We can't erase it. It's too high. Just well believe it. Just well start telling them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Testify of his goodness. I want to testify. I want to preach it until I die or until I fly. Jesus comes either way. Where, where else can we go? The Lord has the words of eternal life. He's the one that saved us. He's real. Just don't let the devil button you up. Amen. And we thank you today, Lord, for this wonderful snow, this cold weather, all the things here. Cold weather kills germs too, people. So there's a purpose for every season the Lord has set. But you need to rejoice in it, whether it's cloudy or sunshine, hot or cold. Jesus is still Lord and Savior of our lives. So if you want to get out of your condition, if you need to break out, just do it. Say, Lord, I need a touch this morning. Stalling out. I need my testimony back. You come. The altar is open now.